Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Small Talk No More. I'm Alex and today I've got with me Tobias Holgren. Hello, Tobias. Hello there. How are you doing, Alex? I'm very good. How are you? I'm good, yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. Um, Just to kick it off, would you like to tell us who Tobias is and what your experience? Yeah, 45-year-old dude living in Sweden. I've been working in the video games industry most of my career. Started out in mm-hmm. 96 and um, worked at a couple of, of bigger studios like DICE and, and Paradox uh, over the years. I've also been a business development agent, you could call it, I guess. Mm. Helping, uh, okay. you know, helping game developing studios to sell to, to publishers for mm-hmm. like seven and a half years. And... Um, yeah, uh, currently I am venturing in a little bit of a different field, location-based gaming in a way with physical games, uh, mm-hmm. a global escape room uh, franchise that has locations all over the world from Australia, Europe, and US. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm functioning as the CEO of that franchise currently, and I, I also invested in it a bit. Um, and uh, But I also do, uh, I'm on a board of a, of a gaming company here in Sweden called Starbreeze. I have mm-hmm. invested in a couple of other smaller uh, uh, ventures, uh, the, the restart of um, Telltale Games, um, mm-hmm. among, among other uh, very, very experienced gaming people who've done that as well. And then... Uh, I have an investment in a small mobile publisher called Player Robbie, who's focused on mobile games uh, distribution um, and production for the Arabic market. And uh, I'm also doing some some consultants uh, now and then. Jesus, how do you make the time? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, that's, that's that's the tricky part, I guess. Yeah. Wow. You didn't tell me this before we started. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> it's, it is quite a bit sometimes. Yeah, but but uh, it's when it's fun, it's it's possible to do it, right? Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. No, congratulations. Sounds sounds incredible. So let's get started with a quick game, so then we can get to know Tobias a little bit more. So there's really short questions with short answers. Are you ready for the game? Sure. Go ahead. Cool, let's do it. So, do you prefer cats or dogs? I would say cats, yeah. Uh, If you had a superpower, would you fly or be invisible? I think flying. I really miss flying currently as well. So, yeah, flying would be my Mm. choice. Cool. Where would you go? Uh, um, I I really enjoy going to to the States and to the the trade shows like GDC and E3, uh, mm. so I, I, that's probably where I direct my my flying abilities yeah. currently. I think, yeah. Cool. Okay. So, uh, trickier question now. Music taste: Backstreet Boys or NSYNC? This one, if you would ask like Kraftwerk or Depeche Mode, I would have been able to answer. I, I really, <laughs> uh, I have no idea. Um, I would. You could probably have me mistake the two groups for each other. I, I'll, I'll go Backstreet Boys. Though. <laughs> Okay. Uh, what's your least favorite superhero? I would say Superman. He's just too powerful. Superman? Yeah. Too powerful, man. Is, is, that, is that jealousy? 
I'm, no, I it's like it, it, it makes <laughs> he's a really tricky character to make a story out of, right? Because he's just they made him too powerful. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think characters like Batman uh, and and characters that has a vul- vulnerability uh, are are way mm-hmm. more exciting and easier to build stories around. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting point because. I mean, I'm, I'm very sure that you know about Batman versus Superman. There's mm-hmm. plenty of comics. I grew up reading these comics. I maybe I have in my house three or four different versions of that. There's always battles, whether it's in the future where Batman is very old mm. and Superman is really old. You know, that all sorts. And Batman always wins. Yep. Sorry, spoiler. But every single version of that uh, battle between Batman and Superman Batman always wins. Yep. So I wouldn't say that Superman is that powerful. And actually, the last movie they released, I mean, yeah, yeah, I might that, remove that spoiler there. <laughs> now, that, that shows a little bit of the power in, in, in that kind of lore of, of uh, that kind of character, Batman and, and such. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, let's move on to something else. So what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Um... <clears throat> I would say I, I love actually doing. Uh, many years ago, here my wife was. Uh, she wanted an ice cream making machine for for a birthday present, so I got that mm. to her. And since then, I made a lot of ice cream at home. And uh, I told her, it's like, but you never used the machine." It's like, well, yeah. I need the ice cream, and you know, that's what I wanted. <laughs> uh, so I think my favorite is like coffee with some chocolate chips in it and stuff like that. That's that's interesting. I like that. No, that sounds good. Um, quick point there. So essentially, you got your wife a present that you wanted for yourself. No, she, then, she <laughs> I didn't. She played me, and I didn't understand that uh, I was the one who was supposed to make the ice cream. But uh, that's that's how it turned out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, if you had one day to do anything you wanted to do, what would that be? I think currently I, I really got into to clear my head from all of this Corona stuff going on and, and I really got into running and I I am dreaming about having this day of just running a whole day, like really long mm. ultra length type of, of run. That would be, yeah. Wow. Right now, that's what I'm dreaming wow. about. <laughs> what, what what's, what's the longest that you've, you've run? Uh, the longest is, is uh, marathon, yeah. But uh, um, wow. I hope to be to doing longer sometime soon. Total respect. Respect on that. I've never done like a 10K race. So <laughs> I, I did a 5K race and then I was dying. But, you know, congratulations on that, man. Uh, so your age means nothing, to be honest. Oh, well it, it, no, it does, man. It does. Uh, yeah, it's terrible to look back on our you know, training program and from... From ten years back, I think I got a Garmin watch like twelve years ago, and I, I uh, the other day mm. I just watched from my my uh, results from from those days. Um, it was quite a bit better, but but um, th- that's the cool thing with the um, uh, the length. Um, you got totally different um, parameters playing in on how you're performing, rather than than kind mm. of uh, just uh, it's a lot of brain as well, rather than than yeah. just you know, just, you know the physical uh, speed of things. So yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, two more questions. One is someone you would not take to a desert island. <laughs> That's a tricky one. And um, uh, I, I, 
currently, I think it's it's Donald Trump. Uh, I, I would not. Uh, <laughs> I, I could do without him on a desert island. I think. You know. I I swear to you, I I was kind of expecting one of his, <laughs> and I would have said exactly the same thing. And one last question is: What's the best thing about your job and involvement in the entertainment industry? Oh, uh, very good question. I think it's it's about working with creative people, right? It's about working mm. with people who has uh, a will to express themselves and uh, mm. uh, have a vision. Um, I'm not necessarily the guy with with the vision, but I, I really think it's so fulfilling to to meet those people and help them to to fulfill their mm. their visions that's that's what i like with my job i, th- I think working with the people in this uh the entertainment industry um it's mm. always challenging it's always something new going on um yeah. mm. okay so i think that takes us quite nicely on to the main bit of this uh chat which is about the development of the entertainment industry in particular uh, during this particular period, you mentioned that you're currently leading a global uh, on-site immersive experience, which is escape rooms. Mm. So, what what has been the biggest impact in the entertainment industry in your your experience? Well, uh, during this specifically the Corona times here, um, yeah, have definitely been the. You know the, how how quickly um, things can change. Um, having been in video games, you know, in my previous career and and through a couple of financial crises, uh, two thousand eight, the, the the biggest mm. uh, closes in that sense. Um, you know, we, we still did quite okay, even 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 better than okay uh, to to the largest degree. But here with uh, serving physical audience at the location in in the town. Uh, mm. suddenly from one day to another there's like no customers um, uh, yeah. or or like most of our franchisees around the world the, the governments mm-hmm. told them to shut down their stores right and uh, for um, um, you know for infinite time basically you, you, you in, in March, April we're sitting here it's like we don't know how long time this will will continue going um, mm-hmm. at, time, at that time you knew it won't be over in a couple of weeks right um, mm-hmm. that has had that was, that was a big big learning uh, yeah. on, on how difficult it is to manage your own mood and how it, difficult it is to manage your your team uh, during such mm-hmm. a like just a, a, a explosion of uncertainty basically um, yeah uh, really really uh, really tricky from a management perspective, I would say, yeah, and, and just personal management as well. Um, mm. So that that's that's the biggest learning I've taken taken out of this this period. I think. Yeah. Talking about leading and, and and management, so you mentioned that you're both CEO for a company and you're also on the board of a different company, and mm. both of them are complete opposite. So where do you see it more challenging? Was it on your place? With um, escape room business, or was it at Starbreeze with the games? No, I think if, for sure uh, the the uh, escape room business because customers disappeared, right? So so uh, we we were down. Um, basically, we have thirty three locations around the world. Thirty uh, one of them were closed. Two in 
based in Sweden, didn't have to close due to to governmental regulations, mm. but but the business was basically gone. Right? So several yeah. months of like no revenue is really really tricky when when you have this kind yeah. of in, you know, business that are, are are based on a certain cash flow per month. Um, yeah. The the really cool thing is seeing uh, and and as I remember two thousand eight in the video game industry as well, you you see people sitting at home playing games because that's a really yeah. good and easy, convenient entertainment. And and when things are really stressful around you, you need some sort of entertainment uh, to get mm. your mind off things. So uh, you know, for, for video games in, uh, in particular, and I, I've seen the, for example, Payday 2 numbers on, on Steam uh, have mm. been been doing fantastic right and, and you know game industry in general been doing absolutely smashingly great uh during this this yeah. period um because it's a very corona adapted uh type yeah. of entertainment as well but but again it did it did really good in 2008 as well so mm. uh, uh you can you can consume it especially these days in small uh, mm. Small increments as well, right? You don't have to buy a, a physical product, go to a store and buy a you know sixty-five dollar uh, product or whatever it is. You can mm. play the free-to-play games. You can do the microtransactions, and it's really, um, it really helps um, uh, you know meeting customers' different needs. And I, mm-hmm. I think this this is something that the game industry have done so well over the time compared to to music or or. Um, film industry for example uh, tv mm-hmm. uh, we really adapted into several different business models that yeah. fits a lot of different people and and uh, different situations and uh, so it's great great to see the video games business doing so well it's, it's well deserved as well and in comparison, actually, the video game industry saw a great opportunity everyone was going to be at home and so invested uh, put a lot more money on the marketing efforts where do you put more efforts towards and try to keep everything going? You know, were you trying to do any sort of virtual experience or were you trying to uh, advertise more? How how was that in comparison with the gaming side? So so basically what's, what happened in general in the uh, escape room business is uh, when you suddenly are not capable of having your your customers come to your location, you need to come yeah. to them somehow, and uh, uh, we tried a bunch of different things that we had on our our backlog, uh, and thought that mm-hmm. this is something we should do sometime in the future. Uh, yeah. But now, now a lot of people, including ourselves, have, have tried to do them uh, right away, right? Because you know, in lack of other yeah. other sources of revenues, so um, suddenly there was a. a, a a plethora of uh, virtual escape rooms, you could call it, where you basically use Zoom or something similar, and you call mm-hmm. up as a group call, and you could play with your friends. We played a couple of sessions with one from US, one from UK, myself from Sweden, and one from Australia. And yeah. we were playing uh, a room in in Netherlands uh, with a, a game master who's always present when you're playing in an escape room. But in this case, mm-hmm. the game master was actually walking around the, the room with a camera attached and, and, okay. and guided us through the experience. And it was, it was not as good as playing a real game, right? Mm. But it was darn good for, for especially being able to, to get that group together mm-hmm. you know, in the middle of the day and, and, and play, um, uh, play such a, a, a cool game. And that was a really good game master as well. So... Uh, it was a great experience, um, and you know sometimes it doesn't need to be 
100%, 95% in this case was great um, because mm-hmm. we, we, couldn't, we couldn't get it on anywhere else. So I think the, the, the escape room business very, very quickly adapted to some couple of digital uh, models, mm-hmm. which I think um, for sure are going to be uh, staying alive afterwards as well. Nobody wanted mm-hmm. to fully invest into trying them out before or customers mm-hmm. weren't really keen on trying it either because they, they didn't see the need of it. But I think the crisis have really helped some some, some great innovation mm-hmm. to happen. And I think we will see some future products thanks to this as well. Yeah, so do you see that as potentially an alternative to, you said you've got 33 locations. Do you see that as an alternative of, of trying to open a new location? Say you remain with the same amount of locations, so then you need to spend less money on rent. Mm-hmm. But then you're trying to hire more people that will look after the digital experience. So do you see that as a potential alternative for the future? I think so, yeah. I think some of our, our um, uh, both competitors and our franchisees have been thinking along those lines. For I think the tricky part is how you find those customers in the end. Because mm-hmm. right now we know how to market uh, a set location. So it will require yeah. some rethinking in how you actually attract these uh, these customers coming to your uh, your website to 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 buy this game then and play it virtually mm-hmm. um, but when when that is done I think it's a great great uh, opportunity for sure yeah mm. and if you can look at how, how people play uh, Dungeons and Dragons or uh, tabletop RPG yeah. games uh, these days right that's also a fantastic mm-hmm. revolution which basically was an industry that was about to to slowly you know, fade away and yeah. it multiplied uh, several times uh, around over the last five five years five six years mm. thanks to the fact that people started playing those tabletop rpg games um, over skype or or um, uh, whatever you know zoom i guess these days right and and mm. basically video conferencing and that also had the benefit of creating because nobody could imagine sitting and filming a group uh, playing Dungeons and Dragons or what have you, Vampire yeah. the Masquerade or something uh, around a table at somebody's house. That that's mm. not as fun. But when you start having these people calling in and they're playing the character, really immersed, they dress up a bit, and and you can easily record the session through your uh, conferencing program. Um, uh, suddenly there was a streaming market watching other people yeah. play this as well. So I, I, I think you know, there's, there's so much innovation that, that happens thanks to, to, to video conferencing. That it, when we were mm-hmm. saying this, uh, if we would have said this 25 years ago, well, in the future you're going to play this with your friends all around the world you know, over, over video conferencing on your phone, you would probably go like, mm. yeah, that sounds, sounds like a fun vision but that's like why it's never going to happen but but here it yeah. is yeah. it would be really interesting to actually find out the demographics of these people that are moving on to the digital version of the rpg games because if it's younger generations that actually start to tune into this it will be like really interesting to know and if that's happening for that sort of game then that could happen for any other um form of entertainment that that you know was just on site but do you feel that all this remote version of things would appeal more to younger generations and more digital savvy people than 
existing people that if you've got corporates that are going to do escape room after work, <laughs> they will prefer going in, say, for team, team building and, you know, building relationships more than doing it from the comfort of the living room. So do you think that these this situation would appeal well, more to younger people? I think actually, so looking at tabletop RPGs, the, the, I, I followed this, uh, I was the CEO of uh, White Wolf Entertainment for, for a couple of years mm-hmm. um, when we were rebooting uh, the Vampire the Masquerade, uh, World of Darkness IPs. Mm. And uh, they, uh, uh, what we saw then was definitely the older generation, the old generation, so to say, who, who play tabletop RPGs. Mm-hmm. They they now lived all over the the country, um, so they they started you know connecting through um, uh, video conferencing, which they were uh-huh. anywho and started playing to each other. But that inspired mm. uh, a younger generation to pick up the games and discover the games. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure exactly what the demographics are right now, but what I saw there was like the older ones were picking up their favorite thing, and the the younger generation. Um, uh, uh, you know, got inspired by it and started picking up tabletop RPG games, which has now been you know a really uh, fantastic market. Right? Uh, Dungeons and Dragons has been growing like crazy. Uh, uh, Vampire Masquerade mm-hmm. is 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 back and growing. So uh, really, and and a lot of really cool new tabletop RPG products are coming out all mm-hmm. the time uh, on on awesome IPs as well. I, I'm super super keen on playing the. Uh, uh, not Alien or Dune uh, uh, tabletop properties. I think it's fantastic. And mm. there's a lot of really, really cool uh, new type of products, um, uh, tests coming there, uh, where you can really release a niche product these days and, and reach mm-hmm. a global market. So absolutely. And I think the, the, the older generation now forces to learn how to... Um, to also communicate uh, digitally uh, much more than than mm. we've done done in the past. I'm, I'm through through my global global experience of doing business development for for video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Skype <laughs> Skype and video conferencing has been a friend of mine for a long long time. But yeah. but now um, uh, you know my, my wife at home is complaining. She's sitting on the video game conference for or sorry um, the telephone conference for. Video. Uh, yeah. Four, four or five hours a day and I'm like yeah that's 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 normal work day for me or at least it was <laughs> and um, it's interesting that the, uh, that's coming now and we, we've seen all kinds of after work sessions through video conferencing yeah. we actually we have some products now we, we release together with partners as well where mm-hmm. um, where we offer uh, a team building uh, through through video conferencing where you're playing a game together or, mm. or video conferencing so i think it's it's a great um, you know this crisis are are opening a lot of doors as well you, you know you should, yeah i'm complaining about corona sure but uh, it, there's opportunities in in any in any uh, mm. crisis so yeah and let me ask you one last question which is uh, vr what, what do you think the implications of vr will be even if it's not in the short short uh, term and long term, do you think that VR will be an application for on-site experiences like RPGs or, say, for example, escape rooms? Or do you think they will just be focused on the game inside? No, I think it's such a broad. It's it's like saying, what do you use a phone for? Um, um, you know, back back in the days, uh, you would have said, well, ca- calling somebody. But today, you're like, what? Um, mm. I think VR will be exactly the same. There will be a wide variety of of uh, 
applications for it. And I think it's that kind of technology that disappointed me the the, the most, but also got me the most excited when when you try mm. out something really cool and nice and in VR, it's an amazing experience. But you can also have that totally getting kind of seasick, motion sick, uh, and, yeah. and nothing really works, and it's just clunky and and not exciting at all. So it, it's a very very early technology. I think we've got to remember that. But but that it will be part of um, location based entertainment in the future. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. That mm. that's going to be uh, it's going to be there. Corona definitely put a put a pretty bad. Um, um, problem in front of like that cleaning and, and keeping those the hygiene factor up yeah. for, for VR headsets been, a, been an issue all the time and now that's that's just terrible right so might be some things we need to rethink there but uh, I mm-hmm. think uh, f- for sure it's it's going to be and in the end it's going to be something everyone ha- has at home as well you're going to have a VR or yeah. AR headset for sure hmm no, that's really interesting. So, Tobias, just to finish up with, do you think that you could give three top tips for any business leader in the entertainment industry? Yeah, uh, some some uh, some Corona related, some some uh, some not. Mm-hmm. I'll start with, with maybe not too much of uh, Corona uh, related. I, I think one thing that I. Um, I learned the hard way uh, early on, and I'm still making that mistake sometimes. Is is uh, um, limiting the creative um, the flow of of the creative people in your team. Sometimes mm-hmm. when you know when I'm stressed out or we're you know trying to apply the PNL to to that particular case, right? You, yeah. you, you can end up to really um, limit the uh, the uh, yeah the creativity of the creative people, so to say. So that that's something to watch mm-hmm. out for. Always remember uh, how 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 the business side could rather strengthen the the the, the creativity, challenge it, mm-hmm. and, and you know make it come up with with uh, force new ideas to appear. So mm-hmm. keep keep that balance there. Um, secondly, I would say definitely Corona related. Uh, remember uh, to you know. Um, Nurture yourself. Uh, doing mm. video games or or um, running a studio, um, doing whatever it, it, it is a really exhausting business, and it's so yeah. easy to get get stuck in this two three year old uh, long uh, project that that really kind of empties you. Uh, during this period, you, you need to remember to as a as a manager to to have those water holes uh, where you learn something new yourself, uh, to mm-hmm. develop your skills. Uh, so you don't get into those two, three year cycles and, and just get lost in, 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 in production issues too much, but, but really, mm-hmm. really reinvest in yourself. Um, uh, lastly, I, I, you know, something that's always good is eat your own dog food, if you recognize that expression, right? Uh, mm-hmm. the, 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 the story of this dog food brand that, that didn't do any particularly good and they realized that we haven't actually tried our own dog food I can't remember the name of that brand right now, but they, they started you know, testing their own food. And it's like, this mm. is actually disgusting. It's like, uh, no wonder the dog <laughs> doesn't like this, right? Uh, that, that's where, this is apparently a real case, right? And uh, mm. um, the, as, as a, any kind of manager, you, you need to love your product. You need to trust in, in your team that they're able to deliver a, a good product. 
mm. uh, and you need to enjoy you know, trying it out, even in, in its unfinished form. Um, and look at, uh, um, you know, always have that curiosity of, of what the next step in, in development of, of uh, that particular mm. type of entertainment you're working with might be, you know, movies or TV or uh, games or, or mm-hmm. physical locations type of things. Um, really always try to, to keep a curiosity there and try it out yourself, play it, have fun with it. Mm. Cool. No, that's, that's fantastic, Tobias. Thank you so much for your insights and for your advice. Thank you. Yeah. And, and yeah, hopefully I'll get to chat to you very, very soon. Thank you, Alex. Great talking to you. Well, and thanks everyone for joining for another episode of Small Talk No More. We'll see you next week.